Facts of Faith. Good morning and welcome. You're listening to Facts of Faith with Bina Yelu Pondwana. It's seven minutes after ten. So, we begin. Listen to this list. It's a very eerie list. Attempted murder. Arson. Destruction of property. Vandalism. Defying and violating, actually contravening a court order. Trespassing. Public violence. I'm sorry, I can't get over the part of attempted murder. And this is a student who allegedly locked security guards in a room while the building was on fire. What has gone on with the fees must fall protest? Are we breeding criminals or academics? What is going on in our country? All these could be a rap list of a known criminal, but no, 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 no. These are our young people. These are students. Allegedly. Take note. Allegedly, because no one has been convicted, though people have been arrested and charged. What's going on? Well, we did see some members of the clergy coming into the foray and talking about this and supporting at least the fees must fall protest. But what do they say about all that comes with it? Our universities appear to be on fire, or at least some of them. What do theologians say about this? Forget about theologians. What does faith say about our country when things go wrong? Now, I could be wrong, but something has definitely gone wrong. So we ask the question, what is the role of faith or religion in times of national crisis? Well, naturally, on facts of faith, we invite theologians or people of faith to give us some perspective. And joining us now in our studios to join us shortly is Reverend Dumsani Metula. He's the founding pastor of African Christian Mission Church. He's an academic. He's a community activist, we're told, and a Ph.D. student in theology. And also we do have on the line Chief Rabbi Dr. Warren Goldstein. He's a chief rabbi of South Africa, and he'll be joining us for at least a short period of time. And we'll be leaving at 25 to 10. And also we'll be joined in the studio by Molana Ibrahim Bam. Well, Abram Brahm is a secretary of the Council of Muslim Theologians. And these are our guests for this question. And, well, the most important opinions we're looking for are your opinions. What do you think should be the response of faith when things go this way? Take note, we're not arguing whether the fees must fall protest is good or bad. Let us assume it's a good thing because students are going to have education, free and quality education and decolonized education and all those nice political terms. But what about what comes with it? The lines are open. 0891-104207. 0891-104207. Facts of Faith begins right now. Facts of Faith. You're listening to Facts of Faith, and we're together until 11 o'clock, so it's not an hour at all. It's an hour name, so please, let's just get down to it. We do have the Mulana in the studio with us, so let's get down to it. I read a rap sheet here, Mulana, which you didn't hear, and I'd like you to get the full flavor of what the problem is. Listen to this and tell me what you feel about this and the state of our country. This attempted murder, arson, destruction of property... Vandalism, defying and violating, actually contravening a court order, trespassing and public violence. You heard the attempted murder. What? 
What, what's, what's going on? These are our students. These are not criminals. These are not people who have been in jail for years on end who come out and are repeat offenders. This rap sheet is a rap sheet of students. What does faith say when this happens? Take note, we're not talking about the fees must fall protest. We're talking about what comes with the fees must fall protest. If our students are charged with these crimes, something is definitely wrong. So, gentlemen, all of you, take a stab at it. What's going on? What is the role of faith when things go desperately wrong? Um, <clears throat> well, I would say that the role that faith should play, you know, in, in, in public discourse, firstly, it is to contribute towards social justice. Now, unfortunately, you know, what we are seeing it is not morally right, but however, the concerns that are expressed are genuine and are valid and are very important. But the manner of approach of dealing with these kinds of problems is what becomes wrong because the community understands and shares the concerns of the students, but they do not share how they deal with these problems. Now, from a religious point of view, what we need to be able to say, it is to say to, 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 to students and to the public in general, express your concerns without being destructive without losing moral side, you know, but be diplomatic, strategic in dealing and in raising your concerns so that they do not ultimately turn out to look like criminal elements and everything. Because these are future leaders, you know, and so they need to be able to exercise caution, be responsible, you know, in how they deal, you know, with the current challenges in I would differ with education. you, sir, and say these are not future leaders. These are current leaders, and we know how exactly they are leading. So it is their brand of leadership that we're trying to understand if people of faith are comfortable with. All right. Well, look, they are current leaders, but again, they are future leaders, you know, in a sense that um, they are building their careers so that they could assume positions of CEO, president, you know, judges, stuff like that. And, you and know. the current activities are of no importance. Are we the, the, ignoring the current, their current leadership the current right now? activity that they are engaged upon, you know, is very important. But what now is wrong is how they are dealing with these issues. And what is the Muslim how, faith about it? Well, what faith says about it is first of all we are in critical solidarity with the students you know and us being in critical solidarity with them we feel that there's a structural problem in South Africa we feel that this white um, supremacy you know is still dominating you yes. know the economy is not transformed the land is not returned you know racism it's still patent order of the day. It's not that there's not really money to deal with these issues. It's just that it is used not to serve the public good of the community. Yes. So what we are saying as faith leaders, you know, it is to say that the government, the private sector need to come to the party, you know, and engage in discussion with the students, you know, so that we are able to find in solutions that we see in the country. The manner of that we see from a religious point of view, again, it, it is how the Minister of Higher Education introduced the whole subject. He Hold was on. not diplomatic about Before it. Before we even get to the Minister, um, we'll, we'll, we'll come back to you, Reverend. Um, uh, let's get Mulana Ibrahim Bam to breathe on this matter. The Muslim faith seems to be on the periphery of this all. We don't see uh, the Muslim faith ever active in what is going on there. Uh, would you perhaps like to um, um, 
Ah, okay. W- would you like to breathe on this matter, perhaps? Uh, sh- well, should I we even expect the Muslim faith to participate no. in this? Why not? Uh, uh, first of all, good morning to you and all the listeners. Morning. Sir. Well, I think the, the one problem, and it's something that um, uh, there has been this whole philosophy that, you know, religion and state must always be different. You know, the, this is, the, the two must never ever... But we're talking about together. our children now, you not know, state I'm just at all. Coming, I'm, talking about, I'm just talking about a public perception. Okay. So people feel that the religion doesn't have a role to play in public spaces. Now, to me, that is disadvantageous and it's not good for the community as a, as a large, as a whole, especially as we go in. Religion is a moral foundation of society. There is no doubt with regard to it. Through religion, many from a young age learn about the values of honesty, justice, fairness, selflessness, that does not depend upon material games, but spiritual rewards. Now, one of the problems is when you make everything only into materialistic gains, then you can't look at broader and greater values. And when you take religion out of that space, then you're obviously going to have a situation where people will look at things perhaps from a materialistic point of view, not look at the broader good, not look at moral and ethical foundations. Well, let me interject right there, now, Mulana, because the, the, the focus really is not what you're sharing with us right now. We are of the view that we have seen religion throughout our political fray in our country before 1994 up until right now. We've seen religious movements participating in the public fora. We're not arguing whether it should be or it should not. We're talking about its role. What should be its role when things go wrong, especially with our children? Well, definitely the role. The role of a religious leader should be all-encompassing. It should surely not be like a uh, an instrument which only measures the weather without actually getting involved. It's not only there to, to observe what is happening, so today is going to be a good day or today is going to be a rainy day, without making any uh, holistic and meaningful interventions with regard to what is good for the society. What does it mean? Well, it, mean, it would mean that uh, religious leaders must get more involved. Okay. All right. Just hold hold on, sir. I want to bring in the rabbi. The the, the rabbi is going to leave us at 25, so I want to like to bring him in so he can have an opinion on this also. Rabbi Dr. Warren Goldstein, Chief Rabbi of South Africa. Uh, Good morning to you, sir. Your take on this. Should religion have a role to play when things go wrong? I'm hoping you heard the rap sheet that I was reading right now. Yes, I did. Good morning to you and to all of your listeners, and uh, good morning to my fellow panelists. Um, uh, most definitely, um, you know, this is a, an issue which is facing our country. Uh, religious leaders are important national leaders in South Africa. We need to, to get involved and, and to be part of these debates. But I would say that the, the, the problem here is a much broader problem, and that is it comes all the way from the top. It's very hard to look at the student violence um, in isolation when at the, while this is happening, there are the most serious allegations of state capture being made against um, uh, the, the, the very top of the South African government. And, uh, you know, the, the latest um, laying of charges against uh, Finance Minister Provin Gordon actually um, is very, very disturbing because it's thinly veiled. It's, um, it's very transparent that this is about a political agenda. It's about an agenda of state capture and nothing to do with the actual charges. And so when state apparatus is being used may, may to I humbly ask you to focus yourself on the children well, that have I, I, gone wrong, I think Rabbi. It's, it's relevant is that, that the excesses, meaning that there's no, we, we as a society endorse the, obviously the concept of free protest, but, but these protests have gone beyond the expression of the freedom of, uh, freedom of expression and freedom of association. 
these protests have gone all the way in, into the state of into a state of violence. And I, I think that, that part of the problem is that the moral environment in which the students are operating is the moral environment of the country. And, and we, we have to, as a society, deal with these allegations of state capture and the mass-scale corruption which is eating away and destroying our country. And in, in a context where... The, the rule of law is flouted in the context where um, there, there, there is a grab for, 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 for money and for the resources of the state by, by private individuals, that, that creates an atmosphere of lawlessness within the country and it creates an atmosphere of a lack of accountability. And so when, when these student protests have now moved into crossing over the law, it's, it's part of a general culture here. You know, everything comes from the top. If, if, we, if we had... Um, uh, a, a, a president and a, and a government that was beyond reproach from a moral point of view, that would set a completely different tone for our university students. And, and with, with these kind of allegations circling above, the, uh, above government's head, it makes the, the situation extremely serious and it, and it undermines the, the moral foundations of our society. And this is where religious leaders have to get involved, which is to speak out about it. I've done that. Some of my colleagues have done the same. But religious leaders need to be a voice of conscience within the society, to stand up for what is right and to make our voices heard in the name of justice. Have you made your voices heard as a Jewish faith, Rabbi? Uh, yes, certainly. I mean, I've written numerous times about uh, the, the moral issues facing the country, and I've done numerous interviews and uh, really spoken out against it. For example, the, as the National Religious Leaders Council, I was part of a delegation that met with, with the Finance Minister Provin Gordon a few weeks ago. We issued a statement following that meeting expressing our wholehearted support. I suspect that we're talking across cross purposes, Rabbi. I'm focusing us now on the children and what they are doing. And my question is, have you as a Jewish faith made yourselves vocal and heard on what is going wrong in our country? Yeah, well, uh, well, I'm and I'm and I'm saying to you, and I know I know that we we, we we are talking about two things. I'm saying the two things are actually related. Firstly, in terms of the students, there's been a, a lot of engagement. As uh, religious leaders, we we were part of a brainstorming session together with the Minister of Higher Education to brainstorm different ideas and solutions to this problem. And I was part of that meeting, and uh, we 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 all have been working hard on on different ideas of what can be done to solve the immediate problem. I'm saying to you is that the immediate problem is a symptom. Of of a broader problem within the, within the society, and that has to be dealt with in the society. We can't sweep that under the carpet. Fair and enough, and perhaps we, some we other day we'll talk honest. about that, Rabbi. So effectively, you have not made yourselves heard. You've been in a brainstorming session, but you have not spoken to students, and in the public no, forum, flood, society can hear what you guys to, think about it. We've spoken to students on, in, um, in, 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 in sessions with students and had discussions with students to understand what they're going through, and I'm hearing a lot for the students that I've spoken to, and I've spoken to a lot of university students, students that I've spoken to, a lot of them are, um, a, 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 you know, um, understand the sentiments of, of, the, of the protest, but are appalled at the way that it has, in, you know, interfered with, with students' ability to continue with classes and for the university's ability to continue. The, the right of free protest is given to every single human being, every single South African. That's a, that's a foundation of our constitution. But, uh, but, but when it interferes with other people's right to pursue their education, that becomes a problem. Those are the concerns I'm hearing from students. So I've engaged a lot with the students. and, and, and Which students are you to referring to, grassroots. Which students did you speak to? Because I'm not quite sure if society knows that you reached any students whatsoever as a Jewish faith. Which ones are you referring to? Well, look, 
I've met with students from, from the UCT campus and uh, had discussions with, with, the, with a lot of people. You know, I, I think what, what, what is an important point here is that not everything has to be done in the form of a press release. A lot of work can be done, real work can be done, which is not through press release. That's not necessarily how society is changed and affected. I think an, an active engagement with the, with the minister himself and an active engagement with, uh, with, with, with some students, it can never be large numbers because to have a real engagement with students, you need to deal in, in focus groups to try and understand where the students are holding. Not everything has to be conducted through the media. For but it to do you be, realize, Rabbi, right, that you're not focusing on a focus group. It is not a focus group that is burning down buses and burning security guards in rooms. Yeah. This is a masses of students. So if you need to speak to a mass of students, it's either you go to their mass meetings, their mass gatherings, or to the media. Handsome asking, are you really interested well, in what's I, happening with the mass or just a course, focus group? Of course, and I I think I think the question is uh, is 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 an is, is an unfair question. You know, we as as religious leaders, the way that we work, and this is a, a thing which is very uh, powerful and important in South Africa, and something that we can be proud of, is that we we have a very strong interfaith movement. So we have a national religious leaders council, and we work together on all matters facing the you know the, the, the nation, whether those are matters relating to to the broader issues of corruption or relating to the student issues, and we all work together as a team. And members of our team have been in, engaged with. Uh, with, with what has gone on. I've just been uh, in communication just last night with uh, Archbishop Tabo Machoba, understanding what, what he's been involved in. And so we, we work as a team of religious leaders across all the faiths. We don't, we don't say, well, what has the Christian faith done? What has the Muslim faith done? What has the Jewish faith, Hindu faith? We, we look, work as a team of religious leaders who are all engaged. And, we, uh, and, and, and of course, we have to be able to spread the work because all of us are involved in, in other things as well. And so we spread the work amongst ourselves, but I think the religious in- level of religious engagement has indeed been very high, and it's, it's not about one person being able to do all of the work. Everyone as part of a team is working very hard at it. I'm not quite sure if I agree with you, Reverend. Uh, uh, Rabbi, I beg your pardon. Let me take some calls. 0891-104-207, 0891-104-207. We do have in the studio Reverend Dumasani Mitura. He's a founding pastor of African Christian Mission Church, academic, community activist, and PhD student in theology. And also we do have on the line, Chief Rabbi, Dr. Warren Goldstein, Chief Rabbi of South Africa. And also we do have in the studio, Molana Ibrahim Baum. He's the Secretary, Secretary of the Council of Muslim Theologians. Trying to answer the question, I'm hoping you have some insights also as listeners. The question we're answering is, what is the reply, the role of religion when all these things start to happen in our country? Now, this is what is the main predicate of our conversation. We've seen members of the religious faith any faith whatsoever, participating as individuals during our struggle. We've seen them standing in podia talking about what should be done. We know great men who have been activists as members of the clergy. And one of the most prominent ones is Archbishop Desmond Desmond Dudu. While he was a member of a collective, but he did his role, his part. And that's why he is one of the most prominent in our country. Hence, we're asking the question, can we safely say it is okay if the collective is represented by the South African Council of Churches? Because we've seen the Council of Churches in the media, but we don't only have Christians in this country. We have Jews, we've got Muslims, we've got Hindus, we've got African traditionalists, we've got all these faiths. It seems as though they're comfortable, if I'm listening to the good rabbi correctly, with the collective. Hence, rabbi, I'm going to ask you again. Do you believe that when a representative of the collective has spoken, then everything is hunky-dory? 
No, I think that uh, it's not. It's not about. You, you see, this is where I think you and I are, are cross purposes here. You, you, you putting emphasis on statements issued, and and that that's where I think that the the, the, the mistake is being made. No, sir, We're I'm talking, talking about them going there. The yes, secretary general I, of the council of churches went is, there and we marched with the students. Please, please let me answer the question. When, when we work as a collective, that means, and I'm not talking about the South African Council of Churches alone, I'm talking about the National Religious Leaders Council, which is the, the main interfaith body of this country. When we work as a council, we're dealing with multiple issues in, in the society. There are many issues. The, the university issues is a major crisis, it's, it's but one of the issues that we're dealing with. And so we, we divide forces to make sure that all of the issues can be dealt with on behalf of the National Religious Leaders Council, because we feel that when we when we speak and when we act as a group then we are part of uh, furthering the South African dream of unity and diversity we, we are focused on the fact that we share in common that we are religious leaders with the mandate to to help and, and make a difference in the society and that's what we go about doing and d- different members of our National Religious Leaders Council deal with different things within within the context of our society and 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 you know that's that's, that's the way that it works on all of these issues, and I think that the National Religious Leaders Council has a good track record of engagement on all of the major issues. At the time uh, of, of Marikana, we went out there and we met with, with many of the miners and we engaged with the mine ma- management and we, and we offered our services in terms of dispute resolution and many uh, got actually involved in that. And, uh, but we were all there. I went there together with uh, Pastor Ray McCauley and many others that, who, who, who were there so as, this, as these societal issues arise, we engage with them as a collective because we feel we're much stronger when we work together as a, as a unified body rather than working alone. And I think that makes a lot of sense to work together as a group rather than working alone. You can do a lot more when you have the power of unity. Okay, got it. Rabbi, I, I, thank I you. Must, I, must, I must bid farewell to you and to your listeners. I I'm sorry. I, I said I'd only had uh, you know, I un, un, until 10.25 today, yes. so I've, I've stayed on an extra few minutes. Yes. Uh, I've enjoyed engaging with you, and uh, just want to wish you and your, your listeners everything of the best, and have, uh, and, and have a wonderful day, and thank you for the opportunity thank you, to Rabbi. speak on your program. Yes, we appreciate you coming through, Rabbi. Hopefully we'll have more time with you in the future, but we understand your predicament right now. Chief Rabbi Dr. Warren Goldstein is the Chief Rabbi of South Africa, and he did say he'll leave early, so we were much appreciate his giving us five more minutes. All right, the lines are open, 891 gentlemen. Uh, we do have uh, Mulana Ibrahim Bam and uh, Reverend Dumsani Matula still with us, so we still have people who are going to be answering your questions. The lines are open. Let's go to KZN. Two calls from KZN. First was ZD. Good morning, ZD. Good morning to you, Nayeli. How are you this morning? Well, thank you, ZD. Uh, and to your panel as well. I just want to give you an input. Um, you know, instead of pushing the buck on the Mulanas, I think the government should, in every school, have these religious uh, bodies in every school to teach uh, religion, starting from the, uh, the morning. Like in Islamic schools, they, they do more religious teachings than English teachings. And I think we should do that. They, they pray five times a day, uh, you know, which some of us don't do. We don't, uh, some of us, even in Islam, don't pray five times a day, although it's compulsory in our religion, but we don't follow it the way we should follow it best. And some of us who don't understand our religions do not understand it, so they all do whatever they please and, uh, because they don't understand the religion. They need to understand, and they, and they need to be taught in schools from 
grade R or grade zero. Yeah. Let's put it that way, and you go to metric. These Molanas are a guide, a guide to us. The the the, the, the priest, and everyone are a guide to us. The parents have to push them to go for religious classes, not the Molanas must go begging people, come yeah. and join us, come and join us. Okay. Parents, push your children to become religious. You know what, Teach your Zeddy. children. You know what, Zeddy? Yes. When I spoke to the rabbi, when I spoke to the mulana, when I spoke to the good reverend, none yes. of them gave me hardcore answers. You just told us to have prayers, bring prayer back to our schools. Yes, that's we, a you know, solid when we, answer when we right there. When we were very there. young, Nayele, we, we, we started with prayer. Yeah. We first started in, in we first started a day with prayer. What was the prayer? Yeah. In the Christian prayer, although we were Muslims, yes, but yes. we had to all uh, whether whether you were a Hindu, whether we were a Muslim, whether we were, uh, you we are Bantu origin, it didn't matter. All of you had to start the day with prayer before you went to school. Yes. So even does it government mean government officials don't even start the day with prayer before they start their duty? Indeed, indeed. Tell me, Zadi, does it mean, therefore, that with the students that are protesting, we don't have those who pray? Surely, uh, if I'm listening to your argument quite well, you're implying that if they prayed, they wouldn't be burning buildings, they wouldn't be they, burning they, security They will guards. be much polite. Their heart will be softened. They will, be, they will have contentment of the heart. Would you be surprised? When you have contentment of the heart, yes. then you are much... Uh, uh, I know uh, Malala Bam will understand about the contentment of the heart. Yes. Right? Because we have books that says contentment. You read the contentment of the heart that softens your heart, yes. that make you kind, that make you polite, that make you care- caring. When you take to a spiritual guide it, it it doesn't do nothing for you but it helps you soften your heart it helps you be, become have moral etiquette values in you so you you're of it doesn't the view, give you education so it you're of you, the view that you none, spiritual guide tell me tell me is that i'll let you go does this then for mean none of those that are burning buildings are praying they don't pray. That's why I, I like don't that. think so. Most of the people don't pray because they very they like morons. They are behaving like morons. With people with polish uh, porridge in their brain, they don't think before they do something. And if somebody tells them Shia, you know, in the past, I know when people say bulala matagata, everybody wants to bulala you because they don't know why they bulalaing you. Okay. You know what I mean? If everybody wants to say Shia, everybody wants to Shia, but they don't know why they're hitting you. Okay, so effectively what you're telling me is that, the, is that you will be okay with somebody who doesn't agree with the way you do things to call you a moron. Uh, no, I don't mind if they call me a moron if I am a moron. Okay. If I behave Let's like a moron. Let's leave it right there. Let's leave it right there, Thank Zeddy. So Thank you very much for your call. Bye. Let's move on to Johannesburg. Vuiswa, good morning. Vuiswa is gone. Let's go back to Benoni. Uh, the rabbi did well by, by going because he, he, he actually did not focus on, what, on the question. My, my, my fear is that uh, these students have now been, uh, uh, been, been bred into a, a bunch of criminals. It's no longer about uh, education. Very different from what happened in 1976. You had CSE, whom I met in exile, a very cool leader who knew exactly what he wanted and what he was up to. How can you ban the building, rob people, and you want to aspire to be an academic? It doesn't make sense. I think religious leaders have to engage with communities, with parents, with government as well, not to come on, on such a platform and talk about state capture. State capture is, is another problem that I think South Africans, especially Westerners, uh, Caucasians, don't understand. They only after state capture, they don't care about the people on the surface. You know that are suffering every day. It's only about money, money, money. But we don't have to create such kind of criminals uh, within uh, future academics. 
we have to actually have a solution for this, which which we agree not to talk about state capture in, in this kind of, uh, of, of, of of situation. All right. So, do you have a solution for our problem? Our students are uh, still out there. The solution is that we need to engage these students. You know, somewhere, somehow, some of them that are in the leadership. Okay. We 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 should each and every community should know who is involved. For instance, Mr. Wadlami has really come to surprise me. Because he was once hated by the Jewish community for 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 for, for his comments Hitler. about yes, you, re- you remember? Hitler. Yes, he has turned out now. You wonder, and they must stop going to these corners, taking money from the people that want to to regime change. Because we know about this that these students are meeting people; they have been given money in corners, and they they, they to work against regime change towards regime change. Okay. And regime change and uh, uh, academics does not go together because now they have created criminals, and those who supported it now can't solve it because these children are now becoming criminals. All right, I'm gonna move on, Vuiso. Thank you very much. Okay, uh, in all you. fairness, these are not criminals yet. They'll only be criminals when the courts declare them to have committed crimes. So far, it's just charges. Let's go to Durban. We'll take our last caller and then come back to our guests and they should breathe on this matter. Let's go to Mr. Padayachi. Good morning, Mr. Padayachi. Hi, good morning to you. And I'd like to contribute. Firstly, I think we understand that currently, nationally, we have a problem. And there appears to be many issues. The most current issue appears to be the issue of funding for education. Yes, I think we have a very serious problem on that. But I think the point that I'm raising here, and I'm very disturbed about this, is the way the media attacks people that might want to contribute towards addressing this issue. And I speak tonight, this afternoon, or this morning, uh, in regards to you sharing this interfaith involvement in terms of education crisis that we have. I think as a chairperson, one needs to be neutral. However, you may have on the agenda certain avenues or views or directions in which you may perceive that the interfaith or any other group that is interested and would like to participate is involving itself or may not be involving itself. But I think the way you put it forward, and I want to speak of with no... uh, no uh, interconnections with the rabbi, but I thought you were very, very unfair to him in terms of how you put it. Yes, you may have a strong point that you feel that the interfaith is not getting involved, but if you have that faith, then you need to put it in a manner in which to get a response, not put people into a corner like you've done that. That is a serious problem that we have, and if we continue in this fashion, we'll never get people to come in openly to try and address the issue. All right, let's let's Thank respond you. to just that, Mr. Padiachi. Two yes. things. I am not quite sure if you've never attended any courtroom or any f- environment where we're going to have an agenda and we're supposed to focus on that agenda. And if there's any lawyer or advocate or journalist that hosts talk shows on TV or radio, we are trained not to be neutral, but to focus on the side that we're pushing and we're pushing the question that is very clear what is the role of faith when our country is in a state of crisis we're not talking about state capture we're not talking about any of the things that you'd like to bring in we're focusing on the students that have been charged for these crimes and if we do not have answers let's find people who do we're not here to be neutral. We don't have neutrality. The concept of neutrality is rather facetious because the focus is really blatantly clear. 
what is the real role of religion or faiths in this crisis when students are going rogue? If you don't have answers to that question, then we'll find people who do. Let's move on to text messages. One reads, Naya, could your guests clarify why our faith can activists only support students who march and not those who want to sit for exams? That's Pops from Kronstadt. Another one says from Sarah, ministers marched with students and said, these are our children instead of stop the violence. Let's talk. A very interesting point there, Sarah, that these the leaders of faith, these particular Christian ones we saw on TV, they marched saying free education. You're very correct. But we didn't really pick up a part where they said, actually, stop the violence as parents should. So, gentlemen, we got the comments from callers, the good rabbi, and, and, and those criticizing me. Your take. Let's start with you, Rabbi uh, um, uh, Mulana. Well, thank you for the opportunity. I was almost falling to sleep here. <laughs> not, not, not really in that sense. I was just trying to think, well, what is my role here? But, yes. I was, but it's interesting to listen to all the different callers and different shades of opinion. Firstly, let us, let us all understand, youth by very nature are impulsive. And youth want to see things done almost immediately. Now, that is not necessarily a bad thing. Uh, it is something that should not be restricted. In our country, we know that it was the youth in 1976 because of the revolutionary spirit that brought about changes, right? changes that today we are all enjoying the fruits of. So I don't think we should be in any way restricting that impulsive nature or that revolutionary zeal of the youth. However, what is needed is to be channeling it correctly. And I think that is where the missing word is. How do you use the the energy and the revolutionary zeal of the youth and use that to be able to use it constructively to do things which are constructive? I think that is where perhaps we as religious leaders have Mm. not done sufficiently. Now, I do take into account what uh, the rabbi has said. I'm an executive member of the National Religious Leaders Council. Yes, we have met many people. We have met people. I, for example, know that among the people who have been in the forefront with regard to this youth um, are people from the Muslim faith, Shaira, Fasiha, for example. But we might have been able to engage with them on a one-to-one, but be able to get through to the masses of the students who have not been able to do it sufficiently. Now, one of the reasons of not being able to do it sufficiently is this, that you also have to take into mind the, the, uh, into account the mindset of the youth at the moment. Students are on a revolutionary path. They feel that they are, want to make a difference. As I said, maybe where the religious leaders need to come in is to channel that correctly. But then you also have a situation and maybe a, a disadvantage where the students who are in that mindset would be looking upon religious leaders as pro-establishment or maybe too traditional or too conservative. But here here is where the challenge is, I think, from both sides, maybe from the sides of the students who say that, yes, we do have this revolutionary zeal, don't restrict us, but channel it correctly. And maybe for the religious leaders to be able to play that role. So I suppose here is where there's an opportunity. For whatever reason, yes, we have done some, some efforts, but not sufficient to get down to the masses, as you have correctly identified. And here, I think, is an opportunity for both sets of peer, from the youth, from the religious leaders, to, to religious leaders to tell the youth, we don't, want to, we don't want to curtail you. We don't want to restrict you. Taking from what you're saying, Moulana, would it be fair, therefore, to say, until you stand in front of a massive student and say, Salam alaikum, this is what you're supposed to be doing. Peace, not violence. You have not done no, much. See, it's, it's, it's good to say that. and it's, yeah. uh, In theory, it sounds very good. Yes. But keep in mind at the moment with regard to the 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 environment that is down there on the ground, yes. which is not so 
pro-conservatism. It's, okay. it's a revolutionary spirit. So if someone comes and says, Assalamu alaikum, peace, yes. w- w- how is he tainted? How is he looked upon? Here's another person from the government, pro-establishment, telling us to curtail what we believe is a legitimate cause. So, you so s- here's somewhere along the line that we need to find a balance to be able to bring that to uh, forces together. Yes, we do understand your aspect. Yeah. We do identify with it. But surely, I mean, there have been in the past people who have been able to achieve revolutionary goals, who have been able to achieve constructive things, but not in the way that you are doing it. Indeed, indeed. And Wouldn't that it is, be nice? Maybe that that's, that's right there. That is an opportunity yes. for, for all of us. Maybe you could play also that role. <laughs> Hardly. I'm a journalist <laughs> and not a religious leader. We'll take a break and come back and give the good reverend an opportunity to breathe on this matter. Surely we can have a revolutionary zeal without being destructive as far as the Christian faith is concerned. We saw Moses leaving Egypt without having to be destructive in your sense. So how do we get this right? Facts of Faith. It's Facts of Faith and we conclude our conversation at 11 o'clock. It's 15 minutes now before 11. Let's have the Reverend respond to this. Reverend, um, you're listening to the Rabbi, you're listening to the Mulana and the people calling. Your first response to the callers. All right. What I want to say is South Africa is a violent society. You know, I'm sorry, did you say South Africa is a violent society? South Africa is a violent society. Whether this violence is expressed, you know, towards women or psychologically, you know, or through exploitation of workers or through pure physical violence or crime. But in general, we are a violent society. Now, people find it sometimes easy. They thought that they'll be easily listened to when they express themselves, you know, by pouring out anger, whether burning or whatever, because suddenly everyone now wants to say, let's listen to these students. What is it that they are saying? But when there's dialogue, critical engagement, we have not tended to listen quite often. You know, but now we need to find a way to deconstruct, problematize this violent culture, which is normal. Again, teaching religion in itself will not solve the problem because we were colonized by people who were preaching the gospel to us. But preached to this very day, white churches are still preaching that... um, it is okay that they dispossess us of the land to exploit us economically and stuff like that. They see nothing, you know, morally wrong about that, you know. And so now we need a decolonized, you know, um, view of religion. We need an Africanized view of religion, a politicized view. We, we live in anti-black societies. How, and about, these... how about we uh, move from the premise that the religion that you as the good reverend, which you started your church, which is the what the, the mission church, the African yep. Christian mission church is decolonized. Now, the question is, what role do you play in the crisis that we find ourselves in as far as our children, our students are concerned? You as one who has gotten it right. What role do you play or have you played any role whatsoever? We, we are I'm playing a role, you know, in with students, you know, at UNISA, VETS, UJ and, and around, you know, Which to is say what? to that it, it is to give them a how to analyze the current situation, how to actually tackle the exact problem. You hold meetings, you do workshops with them, you know, you try to help them to weigh political options. I'm sorry. You know, so you're saying that when you saw that the things are going wrong in these fees must fall protests, you held workshops with these students? Well, we, 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 
had workshops with them, but again, we chat Which with them ones? via... Which ones? The protesting ones or the ones who just want to go into workshops? The, 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 the protesting students, you know. Uh, the when did you have them protesting? Because no. they're protesting out there. When do they have workshops, Reverend? Yes. No, no I, I don't mean massively with all the protesting students, but you can find that there's some that you are very close to that share your same political ideology, that you are quite often having time with them, you know, in meetings and in other forums. I'm okay with those that are moderate. Reverend, no, I'm, no, I'm, I'm looking I'm forward speaking. to those who are burning buildings, who are burning security yes. guards in locked rooms. What can we do to curb that behavior with those that are radicalized out there? Yes. And I'm using that word very sparingly. What do we yes. do with those that we need to bring back? We, we need to say to them, when, when you attack securities, you're still attacking black people. You are not solving the problem. You're so we dealing haven't said with that the yet. effect of the problem. We need to deal with the structural problem that they are raising. But now, when you ban things, you are not raising the critical issue, you know, of addressing the issue of that students are faced with, you know. So you're not solving anything. Now, to solve things, you need to be able to correctly uh, state this is the problem. So safe, we can safely say that the role of faith today is only in word only. Faith communities have not done what you gentlemen are proposing should be done. It's merely a matter of a hypothesis and well, as soon as my child gets burnt or shot there, then I will stand up. So c can we safely say N that, that you're talking about what should be done N and what you have not yet done? No, remember what, what uh, the, 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 the ANC government has done. It has, it has privatized religion. It has said that you push it there in the corner. It is not influencing public dialogue. So whatever the great work that we do That's as religious true, people, you know, whether Muslim, Jewish, Hindu, you know, it's, it's not given public attention, you know. So what is given public attention is what political analysts, economic analysts are saying. But quite often, you know, the moral point of view, the ethical dimension is suppressed. So we need to be able to say, Conscience is very important. But you don't Ethics need is very the, important. You don't need you recognition know. by any government to stand in front of a mass of students who are misbehaving and saying, in the name of Jesus, since you believe in Jesus, or we are standing here on peace. You, you don't need a government to do that. The, the, yes. the ones we saw doing that during the week, uh, they didn't ask permission from the ANC government, as you're so eloquently putting. Do you really need the government to give you permission to go and speak to your own children? Not necessarily. I'm, 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 I'm just putting it in terms of, you know, the general outlook. But you have seen, like, all religious leaders being actively involved with the students, raising their protest, you know, like the Mulana is already stated and um, Rabbi Goldstein did state, you know, that particular... And you have seen uh, leaders of the SACC, you know. Um, but again, among the protesting students is your student Christian movement, your Muslim students Christian movement, your Jewish... It's just that when they protest, they protest as a collective now. They're not standing up there and saying, I'm a Muslim, I'm a Christian, you know, I, 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 I believe in this. But part of them that are protesting, it's your theology students, it is your Muslim students who are studying, Muslim scholar students, are those who are studying Jewish religion to be religious specialists, okay. well, you know. And so, 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 so hence they are also engaged, informed by their faith in God that it is a contradiction, you know, in a wealthy country like ours to fail to provide for students to, to gain access to study at university. We'll have we the Mulana that. respond and, and that'll be his parting shot because he's supposed to leave in a very short while. So we'll take a break and come back and then we'll have his parting mm -hmm. shot. Facts of faith.
All right, we're taking parts, uh, parting shots from our guests. We'll start with the Mulana since he has to leave very shortly. And we're ever grateful that you stayed for this long, Mulana. Uh, but your, your parting shot. Well, I think I, I've said with regard to youth, have that revolutionary zeal. They have been impulsive. It, it can be used correctly. We need that type of uh, fervor of the youth, but it needs to be channeled. And here, I think, is an opportunity. And I think perhaps what needs to be done is... A sufficient, I think I know I do hear what the rabbi have said and what the past pastor had said. And maybe collectively, the South African Council of Churches, the National Religious Council have got into discussions. But somewhere we have not been able to reach out to the student masses. We have to accept that. Yes, we have done. Maybe we have not done sufficiently. Here's an opportunity. But bear in mind the difficulty. I've tried to explain the difficulty. You come in with a mindset of peace. They are in a mindset of trying to change things. And they look upon you as pro-establishment. Now there's a need for both the parties to understand one another. And someone has given this most beautiful example. You know, if you've got 10 digits and you are phoning someone in his landline, you can have nine digits correctly and one digit is not right. You're not going to get through. True. And I think that is where the difficulty is. Yes. Maybe there is a need for us to be able to get all the 10 digits correctly. <laughs> I hope so too, Mulana. Thank you very much for coming Thank through you. and talk to us. We appreciate it. We'll do Thank this once again. We do this every Sunday. Uh, let's give, uh, give Reverend Dumsani Matul an opportunity to breathe on this matter. Uh, okay, let's take a student before we, before we go to the Reverend. Uh, Sandy, good morning. Good morning, obviously. Well, thank you. So go ahead. Uh, you know, I'm I'm listening to this uh, discussion. Uh, you know, with the religious movements, they being the Christian Christian faith or the Muslim or Jewish. You know, the problem. I'll speak specifically with TMP campus. We, we have tried. You know, they have tried to come in in in, in, in solidarity with students, trying to to come in. Tell students, no students, we understand your situation. We understand your revolution that you are in currently. But try to turn down this and that. But you know what's the problem? You see, with these people, these management people and government, what they do in order to silence the, the greater population, they have this security and all those things. You see, when we had the... We were having prayer sessions in UK and MTMT. What happened was every time we tried to gather around the the the, the priest and Mulana's group, where Mulana's who came in as well, the police would come there and give us an ultimatum and a certain time we have to disperse. So now, how can these how can we say these people are not playing an active role? They are playing an active role. It's just that. There are people who are negligent okay. and very arrogant towards the student movement. Okay, and and, and you're citing this is the police with the the management of universities. Okay, okay, I hear you. I hear you. Thank these, you very much, these, these people are very they are in solidarity, and also they are the ones who can make us realize that by violence there's nothing that will 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 will, will be achievable. Yeah, but. These people don't want them to come in. Yeah. I hear you. The scenario in Johannesburg, so the police were short. Yes. So, okay. All right, thank you very much, uh, 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 Sandy. Appreciate your contribution. He's making a very valid point. Uh, the, 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 the priest that was shot at 
close range, by the way, here at Vets. Valid point that they they are those that do come and they're not treated with much respect by the people concerned, citing the police in this particular context. Reverend uh, Amatula, uh, your parting shot. Now, this is what I want you to conclude with and whatever you want to say. We have seen um, during times of dire straits in our political country, uh, during our a political upheaval where would have leaders of faith standing up in a revolutionary environment and being able to channel that revolutionary thinking in a rather less violent way. We can count throughout the ages Archbishop Desmond Tutu, we have uh, Martin Luther King Jr. and I'm sure you could have your own list of people who stood up in front of a great mass of people who are baying for blood and I'm being hyperbolic right now but still we're able to say let's calm down let's channel our struggle in this way so that it doesn't end up having human casualties of sorts. So your parting shot. Yes, um, I believe that the role that religion needs to play, and I agree with you, we have not really, you know, played an active role, you know, whether as a church, you know, whether as, as, as you know, um, as, as, as um, Muslims, Jews and, 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 and stuff like that, you know. But we need to be more active, we need to be more engaged, we need to be more in touch, you know, with what is happening in the student movement, what is happening with the workers. You know, we need the church to one more time be the church that speaks the message of social justice not only individual prosperity the church needs to realign itself with the needs of the people they need to align themselves with the poor the powerless the landless the struggling masses in our communities and be able you know to say to them that it is important that we wage our protest we wage our grievances you know protest but do it correctly do it rightly the very things that we ban are the very things that we'll need in the future we know sometimes there are symbols of oppression but again it will not help us you know by banning anything but that does not mean that we do not say the concerns that the students are expressing are not important these concerns are very genuine these concerns require us as religious leaders as the church and ordinary christians uh, to participate and be in public and make our voices heard we need a moral revolution in this country we need an ethical transformation in this country that is based on the ideals of justice you know democracy you know but a people's economy that serves you know to liberate the potential of people you know but again we want to encourage students you know to do away with criminal elements that Got are it. already involved thank Got you it. and that's how we conclude our program for today as was reverend Jimisani Metula founding pastor of African Christian Mission Church he's an academic he's a community activist we're told and is a PhD student in theology to so you reverend thank you very much for coming through and talking to us and also we did have on the line though he left quite early because of circumstances beyond his control, we are ever so grateful that he came and gave us his time.